Arizona, Arizona Sports, sports. The, the local sports, local leader. sports leader, Burns and Gambo, the 4 o'clock reset, yeah. brought to you by Collins Comfort AC and Plumbing, proud home services partner of the Arizona Cardinals, 4 o'clock reset. This is where you go to get caught up on everything going on in sports, including today, a lot of stuff that we just haven't had a chance to talk oh, about busy, yet. Busy, yeah. But before we do, I do want to pass along the two items of news that came from the Arizona Cardinals today. Item number one, a question from our own Tyler Drake, Cliff Kingsbury on the play calling. I know the play calling, going back and forth, whether you're passing on or not, was talked a couple weeks ago. Has that been a topic that's been brought back up? Or? Yeah, it hasn't. We'll keep, keep it as it is. It has not come up. Nope, I'm still calling a place. Nothing's going to change. Nothing changed. Nothing, Nothing changes changed. in that. I was hoping something would. It is not. News item number two. If you thought this would be the week center Rodney Hudson returns for the Cardinals, uh, slow down turbo, as Gampo would say. I don't yeah. know about this week. Is that ever going to get better, do you think? Uh, I feel like it's progressing. I just don't know how soon. Yeah. Maybe when the season's over. Is when you'll get him back. I mean, that's it. I mean, it's, at this point, I don't think you can count on him. I don't think you can either. Not for the rest of the year, I don't think you can count on him. No. It'd be nice to get him back, but you can't count on him and, being there. And the failure to better prepare yourself for this. I mean, I know it's easy to say that in hindsight, but man, what a mess that is at the center position. Also, it looks like Will Hernandez is going to be out again this week. So maybe Max Garcia, if he's able to be back, he would be able to start at right guard. Can we and just do not, three days next year, roll through training camp? <laughs> just petition you three days. Smith. Cardinals, three and six. 0-3 in the division, taking on the Rams. We'll talk about them in just a minute. Phoenix Suns are back in action tonight. Of course, they're going to be without the services of Cam Johnson for the foreseeable future. He has a tear in his right meniscus. The organization confirmed over the weekend he will at some point have surgery, but they didn't put any kind of timeline on when Cam yeah, Johnson is going to be back. Is, are they repairing the meniscus or are they taking it out? I think younger athletes would rather have it repaired because if you take it out, it's, you know, could be a micro fracture down the road. I mean, it could lead to other things. It's easier. Uh, it gets you back on the court quicker if you have to take it out, but repairing it is better for the long yep. safety, the long health of your knee. We all want details on how long Cam Johnson is going to be out. So far, there have been none. In the short term, Phoenix travels to Philly to take on the 76ers tonight. Um, he remains questionable to play tonight, even though Joel Embiid was a full participant in today's shoot-around. He remains questionable to play tonight against the Suns. Doc Rivers said yesterday he's optimistic that Embiid will go. Of course, James Harden is out and will not play tonight with a yeah. foot injury. Hey, interesting note in the game against Portland the other day when they won. Dario Sarge played 21 minutes, 9 rebounds, 9 points, shot 4 out of 9. So good sign that they got some, some ex- extended minutes out of Dario in that game. And of course, they got the split over the weekend against Portland, what was noteworthy about the game on Friday. In addition to Cam getting hurt, the last two-minute report came out on that game and said, yes, indeed, Jeremy Grant did travel before hitting the game winner. He traveled twice. And no, Mikel Bridges times. didn't travel before turning the ball over. So the last two-minute report, not kind to the refs and certainly not kind to the Suns. More local basketball tonight. ASU men's basketball welcomes Tarleton State to Tempe to open their season. Oh. Tarleton State. All right, everybody get a quick guess at what state that's in. I'm going West Virginia. Tarleton State. (laughs) North Carolina. I was going to say South Carolina. Where is Tarleton? What do you get? South Carolina, North Carolina, West Virginia. What do you got, Mitch? Take a guess. Quick. Tennessee. Tennessee. You got a guess? I guessed uh, West Virginia. Texas. 
Stephenville, Texas, four-year public university. Like All said, four of us were wrong. <laughs> All four of us were wrong. Uh, that one starts at 5 o'clock, and the 17th-ranked U of A men's basketball take, taking on Nichols State tonight at 7.30. Your favorite team in the whole wide world. Nichols State or U of A? U of A. I love U of A basketball. You love U of A basketball. I love one of their transfers is going to be out for the first few games, but they have an easy schedule. Speaking of the Devils, they made a valiant comeback on Saturday night against UCLA, mm-hmm. but they ended up falling 50-30. to 36. They were getting whooped up and down the field for most of that game until the fourth quarter when they scored late. Well, there's no doubt that they really struggled running. The, uh, they really struggled to stop that run uh, throughout. Dorian Thomas, uh, Thompson Robinson, DTR, had two of the most incredible hurdles that I've ever seen in my life. Just incredible, just incredible plays that you're looking at. And they didn't even have Charbonneau. Their main runner was out. But that kid, Allen, was incredible. And DTR, oh my goodness, those two plays that he made were freaking unbelievable. And you watch him just hurdle. He hurdled Clark and then uh, uh, Beth Bethany. Two guys that just went in for a tackle. Next thing you know, he's over them. 402 yards rushing allowed. 571 total yards allowed. And they actually had made it a 42-36 game. I know. After Valaday scored on a third and goal, went in untouched from a yard out. It's 42-36 uh, after that. But then UCLA went on this seven-play drive. They got the touchdown to put it away. ASU now 3-6 and six on the season. They must have went out to become bowl eligible, if that's even an option. U of A got destroyed by 13th-ranked Utah 40. 520 over the weekend. It was an exciting weekend of college football. Three big games, probably led by former ASU quarterback Jaden Daniels. LSU, an overtime victory over Alabama. Brian Kelly says, let's go for two. Enough of this overtime crap. Let's end this game one way or another. And they converted. Yeah, Jaden Daniels with a 25-yard touchdown run. And then he goes for to go for the two, like you said, and they clinch it with a two-point conversion pass to tight end. And Mason Taylor, LSU's first home win over Alabama since 2010. It's the earliest Alabama has lost its second game of the season since 2010. Speaking of the Blue Bloods going down on Saturday, Notre Dame beat Clemson. Now, Notre Dame the Blue Blood themselves, but... quarterback's terrible. I don't like that uh, DJ Aguali. I don't think he's any good. I don't think they have a good quarterback. Clemson's always had good quarterbacks. They had to bench him again for the second straight game. Had to bring in the backup, Cade Klubnick, um, you know, after he had tossed a couple more interceptions. Uh, so that snapped, that loss for Clemson snapped their 14 game winning streak, the longest in the nation, dating back to 2021. And the Fighting Irish have now won six out of the last seven games, including three wins over ranked teams. So big win for Notre Dame. But I'm telling you, I think Clemson's got a quarterback issue. You look at the rankings and they'll say it's an upset. Georgia beat number one Tennessee. Not I upset. didn't think that was an upset. <laughs> not That's a, not an upset. I, yeah, not they, they're they, the defending they, champs. That's not an upset. They dominated the game. I mean, they sacked that uh, the, the, the quarterback for Tennessee seven times. They really made him look, you know, um, vulnerable in that game. And it's that's in Bennett. I mean, did a good job running the offense. So good win for Georgia. So, but three three blue bloods do go down. All right. Uh, also from college football, Dan Patrick this morning on his radio show. It's like San Diego State is going to go to the Pac-12. That uh, is expected, at least according to my source, to be announced this week. But San Diego State to the Pac-12. Our buddy John Wilner quote: "I would be somewhat surprised." 
surprised if the Pac-12 made any definitive moves before the UC Regents meeting on November 17th. So he's not saying no. Weller's just saying not yet. Dan Patrick is suggesting it could happen this week. San Diego State. Yeah, they've always been a team that's kind of been mentioned as somebody that could go to the Pac-12, right? I mean, uh, they're so close to everybody being on the West Coast. It gives you that Southern California TV market. You are losing USC and UCLA. So you get San Diego State in. You get a California team. We'll help with recruiting. You still got Stanford and Cal, I know. But I think it does make sense for San Diego State to come here. On Saturday night, the Astros won the World Series, taking care of the Philadelphia Phillies. Nothing here. Move on. Dusty Baker, after taking team after team to the postseason, finally gets his World Series. I am happy. Championship as a manager. He's got one as a player, but he finally got one as. With the Dodgers. uh, Yeah, in 1981. Yeah. Yeah, listen, they'll never, they'll always be the team that everybody hates, but they had only five players that were, that remained from that 2017 team. They changed their manager. They changed their GM. We just got to get used to it as much as we hate it. I mean, this one, they earned fair and square. The National League Cy Young finalist, this was just announced a moment ago, has come down. Zach Gallen did not make the final three. Sandy Alcantara, Max Fried, and Julio Urias are the three finalists for the National League Cy Young Award. Not Zach Gallen. For what it's worth. Probably go with Alcantara, no? Oh, he's going to win it. Weird day in the NFL. The Colts fired head coach Frank Reich. Wow. And then, in turn, hired former Colts great Jeff Saturday to be the interim coach. ESPN guy. He's got no college or NFL coaching experience. And they didn't have to go. And and they they could do that because it's an interim. They don't have to go. They don't have to go through the Rooney rule to hire a minority candidate because it's an interim coach that Saturday's got. Look, Wright came in as an offensive genius, but here's the problem with the Colts. Every year they've had a different quarterback. Yes. I mean, every freaking year for five years they've had a different that quarterback. That is the problem. That is the main problem there. No head coach is going to fix that. Weird day in the league yesterday. Brady and the Bucks rallied to beat the Rams. J-E-T-S, Jets, Jets, Jets. Wow. Six and three after wow. beating the Bills. What a game and for the Jets. Now Josh Allen might, be have, might have some sort of a, a elbow injury yeah. that they're concerned about. Yep. And the Packers got oh, their season from hell continues. They lost to the Lions yesterday. Two red zone interceptions for Aaron Rodgers in that loss to the Detroit Lions yesterday. And Aaron Rodgers and Tom Brady hitting walls as you know, as, as I know Brady won. It was vintage Brady at the end. It man. was. That was vintage Brady. At I the mean, end. it was, but that that's on the Rams for not being able to get one first down to put that game away. Yep, I agree. Those are our top stories around the league, around sports here on the four o'clock reset on the Burns and Gamble Show. Now when we come back, I'm sure a lot of you woke up this morning wondering if there was going to be a change for the Arizona Cardinals. There has not not been. If change isn't going to happen, then what needs to change for the cards? That's coming up. Burns and Gambo. Big Red Monday and Burns and Gambo on Arizona Sports. Presented by Sanderson Ford. The best play is at Sanderson Ford. Going to be a pass play. Murray setting up. Now he's in trouble. Backing up. Throws complete near side to Hopkins at the 15. Turns right 10-5. Into the end zone for the touchdown. Great patience by Kyler Murray with pressure in his face. He waited. Found DeAndre Hopkins, who did the rest. And the Cardinals get a first quarter touchdown for the first time in a long time. There were two moments when you felt good about the Cardinals yesterday, and that was one of them. The the first first quarter touchdown of the year. The first touchdown on their first offensive possession of the game since week 13 against the Bears last year. Of course, the other moment was the Zaven Collins pick six, which gave them the lead 
lead, you know, in the third quarter of that game. Other than that, it was another disastrous Sunday afternoon for football. So bad that, and we've talked about this on Burns and Gambo, Dave Burns, John Gambadero here, so bad that I think we all kind of went into today to this morning with this idea of, is something going to happen? You know, on on full alert, like, should we be ready for something to happen today when it comes to the head coach? Because it probably, I think you would agree with this, has never been louder about Cliff among the fan base than it is right now. No question. It's loud. Yeah, it's definitely loud. And there is not going to be a change. I, I, I went out earlier and said there is not going to be any change. Everybody refreshing their, their Twitter feed every 60 seconds just to see if something's going to happen. There is no change that's going to be, going to be made. Cliff Kingsbury is the head coach of the Arizona Cardinals and for the for, for the foreseeable future. Now I can just say right now, Cliff is the head coach. There, are, there is not going to be a change right now. That doesn't mean if they get blown out 34 nothing next week or that's something to get happen. But right now, while everybody's asking, the Cardinals have no plans to make a change at head coach. Cliff Kingsbury is the head coach of the Arizona Cardinals right now. Doesn't surprise me. Doesn't surprise me. Now, whether that's right or wrong, good or bad, that's a different conversation. But given the set of circumstances for the team right now, given yeah. that they just signed him to a contract extension just a, several months ago, and that he's only the you know one year into that contract extension, look, perceptually, that's a really bad look. Just as it would have been a bad look firing Steve Wilkes before you know he had at least completed one season, right? I mean, you because what that does is that shifts the responsibility to you. Is the organization, hey, what's wrong with you that you gave this guy a contract extension in January and you decided to fire him in October? Right. What's wrong with you that you decided Steve Wilkes is the head coach of your organization in January? But organizations make mistakes. Like you make mistakes. I mean, you just have to, it cost you money, but you got to deal with it. But you know, perceptually, that's a bad look. That's a bad look for the organization to extend a guy in January. How many bad looks are there? How many times do we say, oh, that's a bad look that that college football program has got to pay that guy $15 million to go away? Auburn. Like how many times you got to everybody every time you fire a coach you're paying him 10 5 10 15 20 30 million that's a bad luck. Of course. There's just so I, many I, bad luck. I don't dispute that, but it still gives a lot of programs and a lot of owners and a lot of teams pause before they make a decision. Now, now at the end of the season, look, I I, I think this is it for Cliff Kingsbury. I, I think whether it's Today, or whether it's a week from now, or whether it's a month from now, I don't think Cliff if this offense will be is the gonna, head coach of this team next year. This is way too many screen passes in this offense. I mean, and that's feast or famine. And um, if, if this offense doesn't change dramatically over the next eight games, then I totally agree with you. But this offense, there are just way too many screen passes. They don't get the ball down the field. They don't look down the field. This is Cliff's offense. It's really struggling. What do we say? The average pass was 3.5 yards. Me to you. We're me and you are right now. It's the average pass play for the Cardinals. That's pathetic. Yes, it is. Like, that is pathetic. They do not want to throw anything besides a screen pass. So, you know, that's it. We'll have to see. I don't like. I can see a point in the season if if you lose the team, then you may have no choice. But as long as those guys show up to work and they still believe in their head coach, you know, there's a chance that he gets through the rest of the season and then they evaluate. And that's it. debatable whether he's. Uh, you can at least ask the question if he's lost the team based off of how lifeless their performance was yesterday offensively, right? Like if like if you, if you start to know that your head coach isn't going to be around much longer, you know, there there might be some of that 
check out that's going on. And, yeah. and let's be honest, there's been a, enough lifelessness the last couple of games to suggest that. I mean, I, uh, I say that, but that the offense was decent the last couple of weeks. It's just yesterday from the last Seattle game to this Seattle game, the way the offense performed has put themselves in a position where those have been the two games where there have been the most calls for Cliff Kingsbury, right? Like, are you going to do something about this? Is there going to be some sort of change? Like, I, I think... It, I suspect nothing happens till the end of the year. I think what complicates this, I think there are two things that complicates this. Number one, the contract extension complicates. Good or bad, right or wrong, all right? I think perceptually that 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 impacts. But we this. agree that it shouldn't. Shouldn't? No, right? It shouldn't. Do what's it, best for the team. But it does. I I I agree that in a perfect world that shouldn't. I think the other thing that complicates it, quite frankly, is Steve. I'm talking about Steve Kahn, the general manager, right? Because there is. A rightful belief that if you make another change at head coach, should he have the ability to make that hire? Should he? Much like we talk about with Ray Anderson and ASU. Why is Ray Anderson allowed to pick the next head coach of ASU football? Steve Kimes had a couple of shots at this, but at if you being get part the, of the process, if you get to the end of the season, you could say, "Look, we had a three-win football team. We brought this guy in here. He gave us four years, a lot of four years as a head coach. It won five games, eight games, eleven games. Took a step back, but he can't get us any further. We're going to hire somebody who can get us further. But we needed him at that time to kind of get us out. I mean, you might be able to sell that. You might be, you able, might to be able to sell. I don't, I don't know how many in your fan base." going to buy it because, because I think and I'm not be the head coach was here for four years I'm not going to sit here and pretend like I know what's going on with Michael Bidwell when it comes to this I have no idea not a clue what his thinking is or how he's approaching this I would just I, I know for almost a fact that the fan base if a change is made at coach but not general manager I don't know how many people in the fan base are going to buy that I don't know how many people wholesale clean clean I don't know how many people in the fan base are going to go. What have you really changed? Clean you house. Know? Couldn't get those two words. Yeah, together. they're going to want to see you. They're going to want to see clean, clean house. house. They're going to want to see a complete well, culture the- change. And and I wouldn't blame them for feeling that way about. It. I wouldn't blame them for for looking and go. Well, what what have you really done here? And I think Michael. I don't know this because again, I don't want to act like I'm reading Michael's mind on this. I would imagine though that again, perceptually, that's kind of what you're weighing with part of this. If I make a move with the coach, I probably have to make a move with the general manager. Do I really want it, to make it a move depends. with the general like, manager? Okay, there was this comment from Sean Payton to The Athletic today. I think there are a lot of dysfunctional teams in our league. There are some places where talent can die. I just want to avoid those places. Is Arizona one of those places? Because if you hire a Sean Payton, you're also giving you're, you're you might as well just change everybody. Because if you hire somebody like that, he's only coming here with full complete control of 100%. everything. So it depends on who you're going to hire. If you wanted to get rid of Cliff and hire a big name coach, well then you're probably going to have to change the GM too because that coach is going to want to come in. And I'm going to want full authority, no doubt. Now if you hire an up and comer or somebody else, then you could keep the GM and you just hire a new coach. So I think it would depend. But you know, like if you want a Sean Payton type of coach. If that if it ends up that way, yeah, that's full authority for everything. Yeah, and again, I don't know this, but I have to think that's complicated because you're right, you're right, and and there are fans who are going to want that. There are fans who I, a friend of mine who's a huge Cardinal fan yesterday texted me, "When can we get Sean Payton here?" And I'm like, "You realize what what Sean Payton is, right? Sean Payton comes in, he wants control of everything. He's going to demand control, and he's going to get it." Somewhere, somebody's going to give it to him in this league. Control of everything. Yeah, they want to win. Yeah. They believe that he's the guy that will help and, them win. And that's the question here is what sort of sacrifices are you willing to make as an organization to bring in a proven, legit 
winner who's got a real track record of success. Yeah, he said, I do think at some point I'll coach again. But here's the quote again. I think there are a lot of dysfunctional teams in our league. There are some places where talent can die. I just want to avoid those places. Now, I don't know who he's talking about. I don't know who he's talking about. But, you know, that's just something to keep in mind when you start to talk about his name. I will say this too, real quick before we send it to a break. I was hoping Cliff Kingsbury was going to announce today that he'd at least consider letting... Spencer Whipple called the place. He didn't even say all things are on the table, right? Like he did a couple of weeks ago. A couple of weeks ago, going into the mini-buy, I talked about all things are on the table. I know the play calling, going back and forth, whether you're passing on or not, was talked a couple of weeks ago. Has that been a topic that's been brought back up or still just business as usual? For- yeah, it hasn't. We'll keep, keep it as it is. I'm disappointed with that. I was hoping to hear that he was open to considering something else. Not that it fixes everything. Not going to sit here and pretend that it does. But I think a change, a different voice, a different it's mindset. His it's his play. I know somebody I else know, is just calling. But just a different voice in the ear, calling the plays with a different mindset of how they're sequenced and how to do them, I think would have benefited everybody. everybody including Cliff Kingsbury. And I'm a little disappointed they didn't do it. I mean, you could run this offense. You're just going to call for a screen pass nine out of ten times, and we're good. When we come back, boy, if we really put on the hindsight glasses, let's go all the way. Was it a mistake to extend Kyler Murray this offseason? We'll talk about that next here on Burns and Gambo. Here we go! Quick! Yeah! Big Red Monday and Burns and Gambo on Arizona Sports. Let's go! Presented by Sanderson Ford. The best play is at Sanderson Ford. Go, let's go, let's go. All right, it's 4.30. Let's get an update on our Twitter poll questions of the day. And for that, we turn it back over to Eric Ruby here on Burns and Gambo. Burns and Gambo need to know Twitter poll update. Presented by Sanderson Ford. Suns first, then Cardinals on yeah, this one? Yeah, let's hit those Suns first. You guys are going to talk about it soon, and you've already talked about it today, but they've lost Cam Johnson for a significant amount of time. We don't know exactly how long yet, but how do you want them to respond to this news? Do you want them to see it out as is with their current players? Do you want them to make a trade? Or do you want them to scout those free agents and make a signing? Trade. Trade. You've held on as long as you could. You, you, you actually probably held on for a situation just like this to see what you needed. So I would go trade. Yep. Unless the guy you really want isn't going to be available until December 15th, and you might have to ride this out just a little bit longer. What's our audience say? Burns and Gambo say trade. So does the audience. 58.5% saying make a trade. In second place, it's see it out as is. See what you've got in your guys. 23%. 18.5% say sign a free agent. Now here, oh, it's a beautiful one. One that is a blowout. But we had to check we in. We had to ask. We had to ask. Had does to ask. anybody have any hope for this Cardinal season? You both, of course, are answering no. And so is 95% of our audience going with no. Those 5%, hey, there's still some hope out there. I, I expected it was going to be a big number um, somewhere in the 90s. It was just kind of, we had to ask. You know, they're 3 and 6, they're 0 yeah. 3 in the division. We, we had to ask the question, and we did. Kyler Murray, it has been well over a year now since we've seen the very best that Kyler Murray has to offer. That incredible, wow, Kyler Murray type moment. We have not had one of those games in a year, and we certainly didn't get it yesterday. It's more dink, it's more dunk. It's not throwing the ball down the field. Yes, it's injuries on the offensive line. Yes, it's how they're defending the Arizona Cardinals, keeping the big plays away. I get all of that. But the 
The state of the offense right now is as frustrating as it's been in a long time because nobody looks like themselves in this offense. Kyler Murray, we've seen a far better, different version of him. And we're just trying to figure out how yeah. we're going to get back to that version of Kyler Murray that started the season 7-0 no, last year. Where'd di- that guy go? A lot of disconnect right now. Same plays being run over and over again. No details to the concepts. They don't really change it. It's a, well, The schemes and concepts are very similar to what everybody else runs, but they don't add to it. So when Pat Pete said we a couple weeks ago, look, we knew what they were running. It kind of did because it's a lot of the same stuff. But what you're seeing with Kyler is you're seeing a guy that's panicking in the pocket. You just got to watch these games. There's no rhythm to their offense at all. There's no identity to this team at all. And I'm going to say, I said this earlier tonight, I truly believe this. Here's the, if the first guy, if Kyler Murray gets the... Gets to, to the um, gets the line of scrimmage. You call a play, and the first guy is open. He could be really good. But if the first guy is not open, he doesn't know what to do except to try to take off and run. So. I think that that's what you're seeing. Kyler gets there. You've got a play call. You know what it is. If that first guy is open, he could be great. He'll get the ball to that guy. It'll be accurate. Everything will be fine. If that guy's not open, it's a crapshoot. We have no idea what Kyler's going to do if that first guy's not open. Because he's not a guy that goes through the reads and the progressions like other quarterbacks do. And a lot of times, he's immediately looking for the the pressure. The first guy's open. I could stick with that, stick with it, make the throw. First guy's not open. Instead of going through reads and progressions, you're seeing a guy that panics in the pocket because the pocket's collapsing and he doesn't know what to do and he tries to get out and run or buy time and it's it's just hectic. It's just very hectic. So that is very much this offense right now. First guy's not open there in a boatload of trouble. When I was writing my rapid reaction for the Cardinals game yesterday, uh, and I you were in my head the whole time. Uh, I'll just I'll just tell you you were in my head the whole time. Was what? Because all I could think about was okay. Kyler's got this contract extension, and he's the one part that isn't going anywhere. He's not. He's not going no. anywhere. Nope. Cliff is is interchangeable. Steve Kime is interchangeable. Every player around Kyler Murray is interchangeable at this point. But when you sign a massive franchise quarterback contract like that, you're not interchangeable. At least no. not for the next few years. You have you're, to, you're you have locked, to try to make that work. You're locked into place, right? Yeah. And so any conversation about changing the head coach, changing the play caller, making big sweeping changes to the organization, they all have to be done with one basic core question in mind. What's going to produce the best version of Kyler Murray? What's going to give you the best version of it Kyler Murray? It can't be screen pass after screen pass and, after and, screen pass. Feast or famine with the screen passes. That's what it and, is. And, and, it, and it can't be. And so that's why I think for a lot of fans, a lot of people in the media, when we have conversations about changing the coach out, that to me is what the conversation is all about. It really is. It's just, what's going to give Kyler Murray the best chance to be great? Because Kyler Murray needs to be great. It's non-negotiable. You've paid him a quarter of a billion dollars. He has to be great. For you. And if he's not, you've got to find the guy who's going to make him that. Now, Cliff, at this point, I don't know if Cliff's that guy. I think at the end of the year, there's going to be a decision about Cliff, and they're going to decide ultimately that Cliff isn't the guy to make it, Kyler yeah. great. It's um, a fair question. Is it the coach? Is it the quarterback? What, why is there a disconnect? How do you, you know, how do you make decisions until you know for sure? How do you really, until you know for sure, like, how do you make those decisions? It's a tough thing, right? But I think, listen, obviously both guys are to blame. Cliff's the head coach's football team, and nothing's changing. You know, you are hired to get the most out of Kyler Murray. The most 
important thing is who can get the most out of Kyle Murray. That's it. That's that will ultimately determine how far this team goes. They got to get more out of Kyle Murray. They're not getting anything out of Kyle Murray right now. Is he a guy? Is he a teachable guy? Does he think he knows everything? Would he sit down and work with somebody to really understand the NFL and what he's doing wrong? Because he's doing a lot wrong. He's doing a lot wrong. You know, or is this one of those guys that I, that I know it all, where I kind of feel like I know everything and I'm, you don't have to just call them. I'll make the plays happen. He's, there's a lot of work that Kyler Murray has to put in because right now he's very much trending to be in that mediocre quarterback that we talk about a no whole lot. No doubt about it. And so when we ask the very hindsight driven question, was it a mistake to give Kyler Murray the contract extension this past offseason? A question we also ask about Cliff Kingsbury and we also ask about Steve Kime. I mean, to me, I'm sure they didn't want to, but they probably felt like they were forced to. I'm sure they did. And, and it, to me, the question is far less relevant than it is with Steve or, or Cliff because you have to keep Kyler. You have to. You know, like the other extensions are, there's no salary cap ramifications. There's no, how many times have we said it? It's Michael, it's money. Michael money. You want to make a move? It's Michael money. It's it's different. With Kyler, there's no reason to play the hindsight. There's really not a reason to play the hindsight game with any of them. You did it. It's done. It's over. But unlike the other two guys, with Kyler, you are now locked into him. You are not locked into Cliff. You're not locked into Steve. You want to make moves? You can make moves. You want to change the the culture, the organization, flush it from top? You can do that if you're Michael Bidwell. You can't do it with the quarterback. You can't. And that's why the extension here to second-guess it now, what's the point? I mean, it doesn't matter now. He's locked. He's loaded. He's the guy. you got to figure out a way to make it work. And that's the basis of all the Cliff conversation. Yeah, Is he the guy? It's hard to watch these plays and look at Kyler's eyes and you just feel like he's, he's just not saying Arizona anything. Sports. Breaking news. Sorry, I saw this significant enough that I figured break in. Ian Rappaport just tweeting out now. All pro safety Buda Baker suffered a high ankle sprain, sources oh, say. no. Tough blow to their defense. Hope is Baker returns two to three weeks from now based on severity. Oh, jeez. I'm glad you broke in with that. Ugh. More often than not, I hear that breaking news sounder, and if I don't know what it is, I feel it's bad news, and this is bad news. Yeah, I'm texting right now to see what I can find out. Oh, that's uh, terrible. Uh, Listen, well, I mean, you get to the point where you just, you, you, you honestly, and sometimes you just throw in the towel. I mean, you just throw in the towel. Like, you're not like, okay, Buddha's going to be out for a while, like... I I I I'm a Cardinal fan. I want them to do well. I hope they have the I hope they get the best trap draft pick possible for next year. You know what that means. But I hope they get the best trap draft pick that they can get. They could really use a top pick next year. I don't want the 15th pick in the draft. Give me give me the best pick that I can get. I'm at that point right now. Yeah. I'm at that point. I I I know it's we've had this conversation before. I certainly understand. I really do. That that's the most desirable outcome here. It's just hard to root for that every Sunday. Yeah, but if it's it hard, happens, then you're like, okay, I might as you know, right? I, I, I mean, get like, it. You like, don't want like, your team I, to lose. I accept that as the best possible outcome. I really do. Like, like at this point in the season, I don't think they're making the playoffs, so I, I want the best draft pick I can. But to sit there for three hours on a Sunday and to actively root for my team to lose, I can't do that. I've you done know? it. Just, I've I done can't. it before. I've done it before. And it, it sucks. And doesn't it? it doesn't. It it does suck. I get it. I I I get it. But man, you know, you always think about what is best for the team, and it, it is 
man, the higher the draft pick, the better player you should be able to get in each round, right? This isn't just first round, it's second round, third round, fourth round. I mean, it is the more, and it's the higher the draft pick, the better chance you have to get some of the players that you want to get. All right, when we come back, we'll continue to get a reaction about Buddha as we're getting more information via social media. And of course, Campbell's got his text out right now, too. We'll also swing back to the Phoenix Suns. They're going to be without Cam Johnson for a while. What exactly should the Suns do to fill that void? How are they going to fill that void? We'll talk about it next here on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. Big Red Monday and Burns and Gambo on Arizona Sports. Presented by Sanderson Ford. The best play is at Sanderson Ford. All right, so once again, circling back to the news that just came down a moment ago, Ian Rappaport was the first to report. All-Pro Safety Buda Baker suffered a high ankle sprain, according to sources. The hope is that Baker returns in two to three weeks based on the severity. Of course, we know high ankle sprains are closer to three to four. Our own Tyler Drake on social media, our beat writer who covers the team for ArizonaSports.com, points out on his social media feed. The Buda Baker played 99% of the defensive snaps on Sunday, and I don't recall seeing him leave with an injury. He was dealing with an ankle issue this past week, so is it fair to wonder that he, he aggravated it during the game, that he played through it during the game, um, and and would the decision to have him play through it be different if the Cardinals were more in it, right? If they were 6-3 and three instead of 3-6, and six, if they were even 4-5 and five and still within shutting distance. I don't know. It's all speculation at this point. We're not quite sure. Yeah. I, I know this. You know, I'll tell you where it, where it kind of sucks, too. I mean, look, from a football standpoint, you and I both agree. The Arizona Cardinals are, are done. They're 3-6. and six, They're 0-3. It's, right. it's, there's no path for them to make the playoffs that we can see outside of a, just a, a full-on miracle. kind of sucks with the hard knocks thing, because Buddha's a star. Like, Buddha's a big personality star that you would have liked to feature a lot on Hard Knocks. You still can. You know, he'll, well, he'll be featured for half the season. He'll still be around, but I mean, it's 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 a behind-the-scenes look at the team right now, and Buddha presumably is not going to be around that much, and that's too bad. But that's that loss, I don't want to make it sound like that loss is, you know, the main part about this. It's about a football thing, but I was looking forward to... Seeing Buda Baker behind the scenes because I bet he even he's a character. Man, he even tweeted at Tyler Lockett. Like, my brother pushed me and Lockett said, I got away with one there. So he didn't mention anything about that. So him having a high ankle sprain just, yeah, I don't know when he did it. What he usually said, he played 99% of the snaps. There wasn't the any indication during the game that he was in any trouble. So that really, really, so that's a, listen, that's a big blow. I mean, I just can't. And we just talked earlier about how most of the key injuries are on offense, right? We were talking about all the key injuries. Left, your center, your left guard, your left tackle, one of your top two wide receivers, your your running backs, like most of the damage injury-wise has been on the offensive side of the ball. All right, changing gears uh, to a different sport, but still the same basic concept, injuries and how they're impacting a roster. Cam Johnson, the big story for the Suns over the weekend wasn't the fact that they split a pair of games against the Trailblazers on Friday and Saturday night. It was that they lost Cam Johnson early in that game on Friday, and it was revealed and then confirmed by the organization on Sunday that he has a torn meniscus in his knee. 
No timetable was provided for Cam Johnson's return. He will undergo surgery in the coming days, but what specific type of surgery or how long that surgery will keep him out was not revealed. Uh, there's lots of different ways this could go, but it seems like it's either going to be a short-term or a long-term, depending on how Cam wants to play it. Yeah, I think there's two ways with meniscus. You could either like just repair the meniscus, and that's a longer recovery, but it's better for you long-term, or you could take it out. That's a shorter recovery but your long-term prognosis is not as good. So that's usually a thing with, with meniscus. And we've seen it with a number of, a number of players. We've, we've gone through microfracture surgery with Amari. I think, was, I think Eric Bledsoe had oh, he did. the meniscus, he if did. I'm not mistaken. Nope. I think it was Bledsoe that I'm had glad it. glad you pointed that out. Our friends over at Bright Side of the Sun pointed out Eric Bledsoe. First, he suffered a torn meniscus in his right knee. He had to take it out. Um, he chose the partial removal option. He ended up playing in four. 40 of their 66 games because of the strike year. He injured the same right knee with the Suns and once again chose the shorter recovery time. He was back in about nine weeks. So we missed right two months. And he played for years afterwards. And he, for years. I think he was supposed to go to China or something or Japan and play recently. But yeah, he had played up until you know this year. So I don't know. Cam's a younger player. I think the advice would probably be you know, long term. What is best for him long term, you know, not this year. I mean, for the because he's a young player, right? If he was five, six years older, you know, you might say, okay, let's do the the other. But I don't, I don't know what their options would be. And now you've got to look at, okay, you don't have Jay, he's not playing. Now you don't have Cam. That's two of your top seven guys mm-hmm. that are out of your rotation. Like I, I think there was a benefit to waiting and not making a trade for James Jones. But you were waiting for, you were waiting to see, you know, you're waiting to see, can I get more for Jay than, than what's being offered to me now? But now there's another avenue to look at. I might not have Cam Johnson for a long time. I haven't traded Jay Crowder yet. Now I can trade Jay to a player who positionally fits what I'm going to need with Cam being out of the lineup. Yeah, and and does that, look, we, we said all along, the Suns were operating from a position of great strength with Jay Crowder, right? The, the bench was playing well. The team was playing well. They were winning games. There was no urgency to get anything done with Jay at all. That's changed. The question is, to what degree has that changed? They're still one of the best records in the NBA. They probably have the depth to be able to weather this short term, you know, in the next two or three, like if they really wanted to wait until December 15th to go get a player that will become eligible to be traded on December 15th, they probably can't. Sure. They probably have the roster to be able to ride that out until December 15th. But if Cam Johnson, if this is a long term thing, they're going to have to do something. I I still think, look, short term, the most important two things, Mikel Bridges needs to play a larger role in the offense. Chris Paul needs to play a larger role in the offense. That, that, especially with losing Cam Johnson's points, those two he, things have to happen now. Here are guys that are available right now if you had to get some. For a free agency? Okay. Derek, these are veteran players that are still haven't been signed. You ready? Yep. Carmelo Anthony. Mm. He's a, Lou Williams. So forward and then guard. Dwight Howard. Mm. Stanley Johnson, former U of A guy. Mm-hmm. Maurice Harkless, another you know another another forward. Kemba Walker, Rajon Rondo, Eric Paschal, Derek Favors, Kent Bazemore, Avery Bradley, DJ Augustine, Demarcus Cousins, Hassan Whiteside, Trevor Ariza, Lamarcus Aldridge. 
Those are the guys. Those are the guys that are available right now if you wanted to go sign somebody. Yeah. You could bring one of those guys in short term if you wanted to, uh, if you needed to. You could. I still think they're gonna. It's gonna be with Jay, right? They're gonna, they're gonna make a trade with Jay. I just don't know if it's gonna happen in a week or if it's gonna happen in a month. It's it's gonna be it's gonna be. I, I those guys are out there because there's a reason those guys are available. Are you worried about? Are you worried about playoff positioning at all? Not yet. If you're not, then you wait it out till you get the right player. And if it takes six more weeks, it takes six more weeks. Not yet. I mean, if you're not, you know, you listen. You, you you're not gonna fall off a cliff now because Cam Johnson's out and Jay Crowder's not playing. You'll still win basketball games, but. You and you'll 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 be forced to have other guys have to step up, and that might be a good thing for the future. That other guys are gonna have to step up and play better. O V A. Those would seem to be the three letters associated with the Arizona Cardinals after the loss yesterday. Ova, as Gambo would say. So, what's left for them to accomplish? We'll talk about that coming up on the Burns and Gambo Show.